Yes, we are not the OA. Not the OD. (laughs) (laughs) Or the OGs. Yeah, you're the OG, I'm the OD. (laughs) I'm Alexis Thompson. And I'm Dawn McLean. And we are from My Talk 1071, an entertainment-based talk radio station, and we both binged. The OA on Netflix. Yes. We had conflicting opinions, I think. I Mm -hmm. loved it right out of the get-go. It took me a while. It really did. The first few episodes, though, got me right away that I just, I couldn't stop watching it. I think I binged it in three days. Yeah, I think I did, too. And I felt real sad afterward. (laughs) Ooh, real sad. Okay, so what we're going to try to do is recap episode by episode uh, and not try to get ahead of ourselves because we've already watched the whole thing. So this is going to be a challenge. Yeah, so we have rewatched each episode and we're going to break it down. What does all of this mean? And we're going to try to remember how we felt when we first watched it, because who is the OA? Where did she come from? She was blind and now she can see. Right. And who are all of these other characters that she needs to help on this journey to another dimension? Basically, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Yes. And right from the get go, it got us because it looked like a, a kid was taking video on across a bridge and you see this woman in a nightgown run across and then jump into the water. Yeah, that was pretty frightening. Yeah. And that's like the first 10 seconds of the show. Right. So we end up seeing this woman, like you said, jump into the water. We're like, who's this? What's going on? The next thing you know, she's in the hospital and she's being questioned. Um, They don't know who the heck she is. Uh, And then we don't know who she is either. Mm -mm. No, she's not answering any questions. She's wondering, well, where am I? Who are you? Who am I? She looks so discombobulated that she's not where she expected to be. And then, luckily, of course, all of the news outlets, they decide to cover it. Who is this woman? Why is she not answering any questions? And her mother's friend sees it and then sends her a YouTube clip. Right. And then comes to see her with her husband. Right. So then we see her parents for the first time, which are Nancy and Abel. And they come to the hospital. This girl has been gone, we learned, for seven years. Wow. Okay, so imagine if your daughter has been missing, you know, for that long, you're not even sure if it's really her. You're getting your hopes up. And then they go to the hospital and something really weird happens. Yes. So bizarre. The mom sees her. She sees the mom and she's like, who are these people? And the mom remembers her being blind. So she walks up to her and has her touch her face. And then she's like, Mom, but this is the weird part. And the dad explains it to the nurse. She's our daughter, Prairie. But she's never seen us before. Seven years ago, when she went missing, she was blind. So weird. So, so weird. Yeah. How did this happen? So she's been gone. We don't know where she's been. We don't know why she's not blind anymore. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. No. Right? Yeah. And it's so mysterious. Luckily, you know, we eventually do find out. But 
your mind just starts going all these different directions. Where has she been? Parents have no idea. And uh, as we kind of get to know her, she goes back to her neighborhood. Of course, the media is covering it like crazy. Uh-huh. There's a frenzy of reporters and all kinds of people when they ter- take her home from the hospital. Yes. And then the only time that they really have some alone time is at night. So the mom, Prairie, or the OA, they can't sleep. So they go on a walk. And as they're walking, she looks up and sees a kid doing like backflips on an abandoned house and another guy taking video of it. And you could see in her face like something clicks. Right. But we don't know what. And they all know who she is because seven years ago, she this is her neighborhood. They couldn't go out. They couldn't do anything. Right. She disappeared. And this kid is, you know, he's a high school kid. So he must have been really young whenever she disappeared. And I'm sure his parents wouldn't let him do anything for a long time. So we meet yes. Steve. Yes, we meet Steve. He's he's angry. He's an angry teen. Yeah. Trying to find love, trying to find out who he is. And there's he's a really dimensional character that I really I really grew to love even in this episode cuz he's not very lovable in the beginning. No, he's a jerk. And a lot of the stuff that he does, no bueno. <laughs> yeah. No bueno. Yeah. So, we meet him and she starts talking about this guy named Homer in her house. And so she starts kind of rifling through to figure out you know, where the password is to the Wi-Fi because she has a computer in her room, which is still set up for someone who's blind. Right. Has Braille. voice recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're looking for the password. So she's like kind of figuring out, trying to f- find where it is. And eventually she goes to the abandoned house. But before that, she finds a a video recorder, like an old school, like Walkman style, (laughs) with a little flip out screen. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) And starts recording and talking to this guy named Homer. And this is where it's like, I mean, it's already really bizarre. Yeah. But she starts talking to Homer. And this is what she says. I'm scared, Homer. For moments when I think I made you up. That's why I need to see you. To be sure you're real. She's on her bed under the sheets. Talking I didn't to the leave you behind. I would never. I am coming for you. That her mommy comes in. Comes. I need to go back a little bit about Steve, though. Okay, yeah. Because we. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so so just, you know if if you have kids around and you're watching this, I just want to throw out there that there's an explicit sex scene. Uh, Steve's going to town on this girl. And <laughs> <laughs> they're they're you know they're having some fun in his bedroom and. I did kind of laugh at this part. I will say it was a little cheesy because she gets up right away. She doesn't want any cuddling or anything after sex. She doesn't even really want him to be her her boyfriend. Uh-uh. And she says something about, like, listen, you're good in bed and you smell good, but I don't need a relationship. I'm like, do teen girls talk like that? 
I don't think so. No, I hope not. Like, you don't get to that point until, like, at least after college where you're like, I don't want a relationship. (laughs) When you're in high school and you are doing the nasty time with somebody, (laughs) you think you're going to marry them. You love them. Yes. It doesn't matter who it is. And you're not just practicing. No, <laughs> which we get to a little bit later in this series. But <laughs> yes. but uh, I was like, OK, it really was just the point of it was to show that he's a vulnerable person. So he's sensitive. We he's upset by that. And anytime Steve, as we'll see uh, in the upcoming episodes, if he is set off, if someone rejects him, he completely loses it in a bad way With usually violence. violence yeah well then after that moment and because of you don <laughs> did you rewatch it yes i did okay because so it completely passed me i don't know how usually these things <laughs> i usually pick them up right away because you do see some boobs and some butts yeah you see bo- boobs and butt so the girl gets mad she leaves steve's house he gets mad he's looking at her out the window and he punches the wall Like the drywall cracks open. I mean, there's a big, like the Hulk, bam, hole. And that's the moment when we see some low-hanging fruit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? Did I just see balls? (laughs) You did. Yeah, so you rewound it, too. Yes, I did. Just because you don't hardly ever... No. You know what? We don't get to see a lot of stuff, us women, so if we see something like balls, we're like, we're rewinding this baby. (laughs) I was like, wait a second, Dawn. You're right. Whoa. It's the shadow, and it's very quick, but you're like, oh. Yeah, so be be aware of that. So anyway, moving on... uh, Back to the real serious stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where were we? Okay. okay. So she was looking for Homer. Basically, she makes a video. And who the heck is Homer? Right. Because we only know the name. I'm who I know no one named Homer. It's really just the Simpson. Iliad and the Odyssey. And Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah. Don't, that's it. Donuts, you know? Right. So I'm trying to get any little clue as to what she's talking about. Does she think she's in the Iliad? The Greek poem from the fifth century no like i don't even know what this is just so bizarre and you know what it does hook you you want to find out what's going to happen next Uh uh-huh and yes of course we learn more so after learning more about steve and some of the other characters yes she takes her little camera and she goes to this abandoned house where we find out that steve is dealing drugs yeah, Steve's not a good guy. No. And there's a lot of kids who are there that are, you know, trying to get whatever they're looking for. He's got a dog that she bites. And then the dog, because <laughs> oh, he, he attacked her. Yeah. Because he wanted, Steve wanted her little video camera. And so that happens. And like her sleeves are all ripped off. And she's like, she's like limping a little bit because she's just trying to like get she out is of there. rough and tumble. It makes you wonder oh. why. Because, you know, when any other sane person is confronted with, you know, this dog is going going to attack you like get he wanted the camera because she he was afraid she taped him dealing drugs right he didn't know why she was there she just wants a wife access to wi-fi which is the point of her going to this abandoned house at night yes because she sees people there she just wants some help to get on the internet homer or yeah we don't know then that night her mom is please just tell me what happened why where were you how can you see right because the parents still don't know we don't know where she's been for seven years the parents don't know she is just begging for any type of information and she also asks her are you hearing the voices again 
Right. Which harkens back to when she was a child with them after they adopted her from Russia. Which we haven't even got to yet. Oh, my God. But the mom says something that was so sweet. She says, I am not your flesh and blood, but when you hurt yourself as a child, I felt that. And now I'm feeling it, too. Please. I'm pleading with you. Just tell me anything. And the OA or Prairie, her answer was, I just don't want to hurt you. It will hurt me to hurt you. Right. So then we're like, well, what the heck? What happened oh to gosh. you? Right. Um, so, oh gosh. So so then we have, like, they go to school. We start to meet some of the other characters. There's a kid named French mm-hmm. that she sees at the abandoned house. There's another kid named Bucky or Michelle, however you want to see, you know, Starts out as Michelle, wants to be Bucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, a transgender. That is transgender, which I so appreciate them working in a transgender kid. We never have seen that before. Mm-mm. So that's super exciting. Um, so we go to school and Steve is all upset because the girl that he wants to be his girlfriend, the girl he was having sex with, he knows that he's she's attracted to somebody in choir. Yes, but doesn't know who. So he stops by and looks in and they're singing a song, which my favorite band is Pearl Jam. And they were singing one of my favorite songs yeah, called Better Man. Yes. And I wanted to bring up some of the lyrics of the part that they chose, because I feel like it gives a clue as to which way you think about her and whether or not she's telling the truth about herself. <gasps> oh, OK, OK. OK. It's um, she lies and says she's in love with him can't find a better man she dreams in color she dreams in red can't find a better man Uh, so why did they choose that song and those lyrics and that point in the song i just feel like this show and these writers what's so interesting about it is that they it's like a choose your own adventure book they're giving you the opportunity to make your own decisions about what you believe about this girl yeah it's open-ended and even till the end which we won't get ahead of ourselves but they give you all these little clues, and when you watch it a second time, you start to see things like that, which, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, so then they, uh, then what happens? Well, Steve ends up attacking guy. him. Yep, he Miles. his throat. Yeah. Yes. This kid is a great singer. He's in choir. He has a lot going for, uh, going for him, and Steve, like like injures his larynx he chokes him and now the kid can't go to nationals choir competition or whatever so so the teacher really wants him out of the school his parents are going yeah you're you're not behaving you've done this this and this we're going to send you to the military academy mm. where no one wants to go it's, yeah your parents or your school kind of force you to go and he does not want that to happen so he brings prairie or the oa a wi-fi box and says all right i'm going to help you uh, you need to help me and she goes all right well i need your help more than more than this how can I help you? So she goes and pretends to be his mom. Right. Or stepmom. Right, right. To meet with the teacher. And before that, she brings him Wi-Fi or he brings her Wi-Fi. And then she says, I need five people who are brave and flexible. And what else does she say? Oh, my gosh. Who are flexible and brave, just like you. 
You have to leave your door open and no touching. No touching. He's like, all right, no problem. No touching. Yeah. What I don't understand is why do they have to leave their doors open? You know, I think because it's a metaphor to have your mind open. Because when she starts to tell them her story, Mm -hmm. she says, close your eyes and just pretend until you actually believe me <laughs> uh-huh right she she says that yeah. right 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 and i think that's kind of just are you staying open to okay and, and then a lot of other things too because she's talking while they're finding clothes for her to pretend to be his stepmom yeah they talk about the girlfriend that he wants or the yeah. girl that he likes that yeah they've been having sex and he really likes her and she talks about the invisible self Right. And that he's spending so much time on the visible self that what are your longings? What are your desires? And this kid doesn't have anybody talk to him about anything like nothing. this ever. So he's super interested. Yeah. You could tell he's like, well, wow, maybe how do I access this? And she says, well, why don't you just start by closing your eyes? Because when I was blind, people underestimated me. Mm-hmm. And I... That spoke so true to me. I just I just remember like little Alexis, right? Yeah. And you just think about, wow, the conversations that you have and the thoughts that you have and how you're so worried about being cool or whatever that is. And to have someone, you know, for him, cool was being a bad boy. Right. Acting out because that's where he got his attention. And to have her kind of focus him inward. Right. Like, wow. Okay. That's really good and he revealed that he wants to be a trainer to the stars and right that he wants to do all this stuff and then he sees the markings on her back yeah he sees these weird scars that kind of look like hieroglyphics yeah. we don't know what it is it's just another interesting element where you're like where did she get those scars she obviously was she able to do those herself like what is this yes so, of course, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. But... We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I know. She yeah. does meet uh, with the teacher and pretends to be his stepmother. Yeah. And right away, you know, she starts talking about, you know, what happened. And the teacher's going on and on about well, how violent he is and how he's disruptive. And the kids that want to learn are having a hard time learning. And here she is. Okay, so the teacher's name is Betty. And here she is talking, this is the O.A.R. Prairie, talking about Steve. Why did you become a teacher? This isn't about me. But it is. It's about you and Steve and the play, Cast of Two, setting classroom over many dimensions through time. What? I don't follow. Me either. (laughs) Maybe Steve can't learn because you lost track of your reason. God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's when the first time, like when she's with Steve and she's shopping for clothes, she says the stuff about the invisible self that's a little weird, but this is really weird. This is like a cast of two through different dimensions. What? Uh-huh. Have you been to another dimension? Like at this point, we're like, are you from another dimension? Yeah. What, what is going on? The mystery continues. And then she continues to talk, though, about Steve. And that how he is really sensitive and to go back to your first reason for becoming a teacher. And this is where I thought, okay, this isn't so cuckoo cuckoo, uh-huh. you know, like it kind of was about the different dimensions. Right. This, I think, for me, I was like, oh, yeah, what is our reasons for doing things? And how do we find that again? And, uh, okay, well, let's just do it. Here she yeah. is. You're right. This dimension is crumbling to 
violence and pettiness and greed, and Steve is sensitive enough to feel it, and he's angry. He's angry, and he's lost. And in order to find him, you'd have to teach yourself again, and you decided somewhere along the way that you were done learning. It's, it's too painful to stay open. Well, I think we all face the same hopelessness, Mrs. Winchell. It's what we decide to do with it. True. You're right. So what are you going to do? If you want to do your job, expel the bully. Focus on the kid who sings like an angel, even though he doesn't need you. If you want to be a teacher, teach Steve. He's the boy you can help become a man. Oh. oh. He's the one you lost. He's your first reason. Oh. Help Steve. No, oh, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can see where we... There's there have been some criticisms that this is a preachy show. Yeah, I can see at this moment where people might think it's a little preachy. Um, it's not always so easy. Yeah, exactly. But you know, she's coming from a place that's different. It's not just somebody who thinks they're high and mighty that's telling somebody else what they should do without being in the experience. She's coming from a different dimension <laughs> whatever that another means. dimension another dimension, <laughs> dimension. Yeah. you know yes and what i thought was really interesting too is that remember when she talked to steve and she says i need five people and she's kind of like here's the conditions it's yeah funny. they need to be brave and flexible like you and strong she says no touching but when she's sitting with betty at one point she touches her and she kind of looks up to the sky a little and then she says you've lost someone Right. And I think that by touch, she's able to kind of, I don't know, is this so weird? Kind of like, you know. Transfer some emotions or thoughts. Oh, for sure. That's what I thought was happening, at least in that moment. Who knows? I guess it's all up for interpretation. But she knew right away that Betty, the teacher, lost someone important. And then she narrowed it down to her brother. Right. And that to help her, I can help you remember. Right. What I love about this show and is that it's taking a bunch of people that are broken mm-hmm. and trying to heal them. It's unlikely characters that would come together. And that happens so much in our lives. You know, it's reflective of, you know, you're at Subway and the person's a bitch to you or whatever. You know what? They yeah. could have a lot of issues going on. And it just makes you really look deeper into how you judge people. Or it did for me anyway. I should say it made me look deeper into all those people that I could make a connection with that I'm prejudging and I'm not giving a chance because they're in pain. You know? Yeah. Yes. You don't know what happened to them that day. Exactly. And what's what... What they're seeking that day. It just, no, I think that's a really good takeaway for sure. She also said something to the group when they went to the abandoned house. Mm -hmm. And so so she made the video. The teacher sees it later. The kids see it. They kind of pass it around. And she says to meet in this abandoned house in their neighborhood at midnight. And so they don't come to like quarter to one. (laughs) Yeah. She's like literally blowing the candles out and going, well, okay. Nobody showed up. No one did. And then they all start coming out. Four of the, the kids come. And then the teacher comes. She's like, okay, I left my door open because that's one thing that she said in the video that she wants. And she starts telling them about her story. And she says, I need to leave something important behind. Oh, my gosh. I need to go somewhere, what? but I need to leave something behind. And it only works if there are five. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What are you leaving behind? 
Well, if you get to the end, you know. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just you know, I was I love the show because it it keeps shocking me. You know, like the fact that the teacher. So, just to reverse a little bit, the reason why the teacher found out about the videos because when Prairie leaves, she says, "What was your name again?" And she said, "I'm the OA." Mm-hmm. So it's the first time we hear her say that. So the teacher just looks up on the internet the OA. And that's whenever the YouTube video comes up. Yes. Because I didn't catch that the first time watching the show. It was the second time around that I realized that's how she knew to go there. It's just kind of like, okay, sometimes in this show there's so much going on. Like each episode is packed with so much you almost, you can't sit there and rewind the whole time. No. You know, but you want to go with it, but you miss some things here and there. Yeah, and good thing she did do that because Steve was supposed to invite five other people. And I don't know, did he send the message to the other kids? Um. So I think what happened is Jesse, one of the kids, the kid with the shaggy hair that's kind of like his, you know, right little man. drug servant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He he sends him a link like, hey, did you see this? Okay. And then he passes it on to Michelle slash Bucky. So you've got those. And then Bucky is friends with French. And so French. that's how the four others end up there. But the fact that when the teacher walks in, that shocked me. I'm like, whoa. Yes. That's a huge step for this woman to just go somewhere. Like, she has to be in a lot of pain in her life to accept this. It must have really impacted her. Yes. And you do find out that it did because he's still in class. Yeah. The only thing is they're in Costco. Oh. And she runs into the dad and she says, oh, it was great to meet Mrs. Winchell. <laughs> Thank you. And then his his real mom was there and was like, I'm Mrs. Wenchel. And that's when he has to tell them. And then they go over to Prairie's house and she has to make this video right away that everybody sees. And we do have a clip from the video because I think that that was pretty relatable, too, about borders and just limitations in the world. So here's a little bit from her YouTube video that Betty, the teacher and all of the kids see. I need to cross a border that's hard to define. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Or you don't, but you feel it. Because you felt other borders like youth and adulthood, maybe. I can't change your fate. But I can help you meet it. Ooh. Mm. We begin our journey to the border tonight, midnight, the unfinished house at the edge of Crestwood View. Don't come unless you leave your front door open. You have to invite me in. Oh my gosh. So they do it. And they meet in this abandoned house, and then she starts to tell them her story. I want to go back a little bit, though, before yeah, yeah. we get to that. Okay, yes. so I this is when I first started to cry. Whenever she said, um, maybe you feel it because you feel other borders like youth and adulthood. Oh, my gosh. Like, for me personally, just in my own life, my youth changed to adulthood basically in a day. 
you know, because I had a daughter very young. And so I've always felt like my youth switched to adulthood within one day, and I've never been able to really catch up with it. So that really impacted me personally, you know, it was like, yes, youth and adulthood. You know what? Some people struggle with that. They're 35 and they still feel like a kid or I still feel like a kid. I don't know where adulthood starts. That's why I don't like to pay my bills on time. (laughs) Adulting is hard. (laughs) No. um, And also the thing about the door. Okay, mm. in the lore of like, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi nerd, but when you're talking about werewolves and vampires, in the whole legend and lore of that, especially vampires, you have to leave, they have to be invited in, which oh. I thought, I started to get freaked out that she was a vampire. Because (laughs) because that's, you know, how we all have, you know, we all have lore about werewolves that we know, like you have to kill them with a silver bullet and vampires have to be killed with a stake and they also have to be let into your house. And so I was like freaked out about why does the door need to be open? But you just saw it as opening your mind. Yeah, I just thought it was a metaphor for that. Yeah. And especially when they get up to the house there uh, on the second level. I mean, it's an abandoned house. Yeah. She's got her little candles going. They're sitting in there like Kumbaya style. And she's like, close your eyes. And one kid's Frenchie's like, no, I can imagine with my eyes open. He doesn't want to. And Frenchie's a whole nother character. You think his life is perfect because he's a star athlete. He's got great grades. He, got, he has gets a, a scholarship. Job. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we. That's why the characters too are just. It's an unlikely bunch. So they're sitting up there, and she says, "Close your eyes, just do it for me." And so he does, and. Just, I'm going to keep telling you my story and just pretend to trust me until you do. And she goes back to Russia and talks about, you know, it's really interesting how I got my sight back, but it's even more interesting how I lost it in the first place. And then bombshell. Hello. Any formula of any show never has the credit start an hour in. Yes. That that is another thing where I was just gripping. Yes. Like, you'd never see that. And I actually read an article with Britt Marling, the star of the show and writer, and her, her I can't remember what his name is, Zach something. It starts with a B. It's terrible uh, that I don't know right now. Yeah, they've done a lot of stuff together. They have done a lot yes. of stuff. To, anyway, they did an interview about the show because it has sparked a lot of interest. You know, this is a, a very binge-worthy show. People are curious about it. One of the things they said was that they didn't want to follow any conventional rules. They wanted to do their own thing and create their own map. And they said, for instance, starting the credits later, they said, why can't we do that? Which makes you go, oh, my God, is now the story beginning? Like, I was blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, the intro is an hour long. This is insane. This is fantastic. I love it when people break rules. And it was just one of those details that I loved. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. Is that the ending credits? No, it's the beginning. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. That's when the story kind of began. And that's what she was saying, too. And even from the clips that we've played, music plays such a role i forgot how there's constantly a track going Mm -hmm. whether she's playing her violin or something that's really moving it's almost it's a character in the series and throughout the entire thing and then you figure out that she's russian and it's just like you're blown away every freaking five minutes with this show Uh and it continues throughout the series there are things that happen in episode six that i'm like what 
like I think it's really a great feat in this day and age to first of all do something original. It might be might be a little bit hokey. Mm-hmm. There are things that are preachy about it, there things are. that are a little silly. You can't be perfect, but overall, we love it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Well, after, Dawn loves it. Alexis does it. Uh, okay, Alexis. <laughs> after this first episode, I was like, I'm in. Yeah, I've got to find out what happened to her. And as we kind of learn more, it for me, it got darker and darker. And what people will do for science. Oh, and of course, we'll get into that mm-hmm. in our next episode as we learn what happened to her for the seven years and who she met and why. But she does go back and talk about her childhood in Russia. That she was a child of a very wealthy man and she would as a kid have these nightmares about being in an aquarium Mm -hmm. and she can't get out and she would wake up with a nosebleed right and that still kind of continued as an adult too right and in order for her to get over that he decided because she woke up from one of her dreams and he said okay all of my meetings just change them to the evening I've got to help my daughter right now so he takes her to a frozen body of water right and starts breaking the ice and she says as a way to learn bravery he had her get into the freezing cold water yeah and she's to this overcome little it. girl in a nightgown and you hate the dad immediately <laughs> i'm sorry yeah. i was like this guy's abusive like i immediately didn't like the guy right and then she's like yeah my daddy taught me about bravery and to overcome my dreams, my bad dreams, and cold, so we need to go colder. And that's, she said that it went away for a while. Yeah, that her, that uh, basically they're premonitions that she has, has in her sleep, and then she gets nosebleeds for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, be colder than it is. What's the best way to oh, fight yeah. cold? Be colder than it is. Which is weird. It's like a metaphor for pain, you know? Yeah. A lot of us shut down. Whenever we're in pain, how do you become, how do you beat the cold, become colder? Yeah. So it's kind of like a metaphor for the whole series. Like go harder, be more. Go hard, girl. more in pain. (laughs) Right. Like (laughs) Like, shut down, basically. You know, and she's trying to get people to open up. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Deep. It really is. <laughs> this part scared the crap out of me, by the way. The next part, About, the oh, accident. Oh, yeah. With the kids on the school bus, I guess it was a whole bus full of these children who have wealthy parents. And as a sign to them to, well, either treat people right or uh, just a warning. Yeah, the Russian mafia takes yeah. the bus out. Takes the bus out. And then they, they go off a bridge. And there's her premonition of... Being in an aquarium, yeah. and she can't get out, and she tells all the the five who you know kind of motley crew, yeah, that she died, yeah. And you see this moment where she kind of goes to this sparkly place, and she asks, "Why is the dark so dazzling?" Mm. And this weird, creepy woman, <laughs> oh god, with long fingernails and purple and black, she kind of cradles her and says, I want you to stay, but do you want to go? Yeah. And she chooses to go, but first there's a condition. And the condition is, I will take your eyes. Um, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have stayed? Yeah. I don't know. I, well, you know, this is something that happened. So, so basically it looks like a heaven-like state that she's in. And so, you know, it's kind of 
Uh, it's it's weird because she kind of fishes her out of a pool. Mm-hmm. It's like she's bringing her out of the earth and into what I saw as heaven because I grew up in a, you know, a religious home. Yeah. You kind of have those preconceived what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's a little innocent child. Yes. So, of course, she's going to be going to heaven. And and I immediately thought, is this Mary? You know, because oh, I grew up really? Catholic. Yeah. I thought she was a creepy old nasty witch. <laughs> oh, you thought she was a witch? Yeah. Right. But yeah. somehow that it was in this very peaceful area. So it was kind wow. of the yin and the yang of like, I'm going oh, to so your th- eyes. Oh, you saw her as like an ominous fig- figure. Yes. Wow. But in a beautiful setting that was so peaceful and serene. Oh, <laughs> weird. Yeah, so because she, she's scary looking. I mean, she, she is kind of scary. Like and then she takes her eyes because what she says is, you will know great love, but it will be hard. You will suffer. And I'm going to take your eyes because I don't want you to see all of this horribleness that's going to happen to you. I don't want you to see anything at all. So then she comes back. This is, you know, Prairie, the OA, telling the story to these these the five people and she says i couldn't see anything anything at all it is shocking i mean hello people this is the first episode we've yeah it starts out with a girl who's been gone for seven years she has adoptive parents we meet all these saying anything to random people we don't know who she is then she's in russia then she goes (laughs) to heaven or whatever another dimension and then and Oh, oh my gosh! It's She's a lot to consume. Borders, and then all the kids, and and the teacher, and all the things going on in their lives, and we want to know more about them. I mean, hook, line, and sinker. I'm in. I, I right away was thank goodness this is on Netflix, and we do not have to wait for next week's episode. <laughs> exactly, we can just roll right through onto episode two. And you know what? You guys don't have to wait either because that's coming up next. Yes. This is so much fun. Yeah. And it's interesting how we can both be watching the same thing and have very different takeaways. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of those examples over the course of this series. So we hope that you continue to listen. It's Alexis and Dawn. Do the OA on Netflix. It's the original series. And next time we will be tackling the second episode. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. If you want to join the conversation, use hashtag MyTalkTheOA. We will search for that. We'll answer we'll any questions, yeah. And answer any questions. We don't know the answers, but we'll bring them up. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.